Welcome to the podcast of Christ Covenant Church, a congregation of the Presbyterian Church in America, located in the township of Langley, British Columbia. My name is Gary Vanderveen, and I'm the senior pastor here. If you would like to know more about our congregation, please visit us online at www.langleychurch.org. Before we begin this morning, I, I want to very briefly defend and protect the reputations of Theo and uh, Jeremy. Uh, I'm preaching on the same text as Theo did last week, and I'm, I'm not doing that to correct him. Uh, Jeremy will be preaching on the next petition uh, next week, and I will follow up with one or two sermons. And again, it's not to correct him. It's not because there are any inadequacies in their sermons. They are great sermons. Uh, this is planned. This, this sermon today is planned. It's part of the schedule. And same with the, the, the one or two follow-ups after Jeremy's sermon. It's intentional. It's not an accident. And so I just want to remind you and encourage you this morning that where there is overlap between the sermons, praise God that you get to hear the same truth over again. Because of the hardness of your heart, you need to hear it more than once. And where there is no overlap, praise God, praise God for the riches, the depth, the, the multiple applications that we find in his word. As Theo mentioned last week, it is imperative that we understand the fourth petition, give us this day our daily bread, within the context of the first three petitions. To put it as, as strongly, as, as provocatively as I can, without the first three petitions, there is no fourth petition. The fourth petition is entirely dependent upon the first three. So much so that if there are no first, uh, if there are not the, the first three petitions, there is no fourth petition. We need food. We need drink. We need clothing. We need the essentials for life in this world. If we are to hallow God's name, if we are to labor for kingdom advance, if we are to do the revealed will of our Father on earth. Right? Uh, dead people don't live in this world, and this prayer isn't for them. This prayer is for the living. This prayer is for us, and we need daily bread to live. And we need to be alive if we are to embrace, pursue, and live into and out of the first three petitions. And so this morning I want to draw your attention simply to two aspects of this petition. I want to draw our attention to two uh, points. And the first is this, that in the fourth petition, the Lord Jesus Christ directs our attention uh, to daily bread. Daily bread. 
Now, I don't have time to demonstrate this this morning, so you can trust me on this point or you can look it up this week. But Matthew's account of the Sermon on the Mount, which includes the Lord's Prayer. Remember the Lord's Prayer, it comes with, to us within the context of the Sermon on the Mount. Um, that the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew is actually given to poor people, to needy people. Luke's account of the Sermon on the Mount, which actually is not a Sermon on the Mount, Luke's account is the Sermon on the Plain, that is addressed to a different audience. So Matthew's account, the Sermon on the Mount, he is address- in, in this account, Jesus is addressing poor people. And on the Sermon on the Plain in Luke, Jesus is actually addressing a very different audience. Jesus, in the Sermon on the Plain, rebukes and berates the corrupt, rich, unjust, and self-serving rulers or governing elites. So you have two accounts, two separate occasions, two versions of the teaching, and and each version of the teaching is is for a different audience. Okay? In Matthew, Jesus is addressing the poor, the physically poor, the materially poor, those the have-nots. And the point is that Jesus is telling the materially poor that they only need to worry about the needs of today. Jesus tells them to pray for enough bread for today. Now, it's very difficult for us to relate to the original audience here because we have no idea what it is to pray for daily bread. We have enough food in our refrigerators and our freezers to last for months. Some of us, I won't mention any names, but it's a relative of mine who had uh, her birthday yesterday. She has two or three freezers full of food. We have no idea what it is to pray for daily bread. We save for the the future. We have retirement savings. and, And we have no experience. We do not know what it is to worry about food for tomorrow. But it's important for us to recognize that here in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is speaking to those who are one crop failure away from disaster or one dry spell away from famine. Jesus is speaking to those whose life was fragile, precarious, and unstable. Put another way, life for them was poor, nasty, brutish, and short. And it's to those people that Jesus says, pray for daily bread. 
Jesus says to those people, do not worry about tomorrow. Do not worry about tomorrow's bread, for tomorrow will have enough worries of its own. Jesus wants them to pray only for today's bread. Oh God, meet my material needs today so that today I can be consumed with your glory so that today I can pursue your vision for this world. Give me neither too much lest I be full and deny you nor too little lest I be poor and steal and profane your name. Give me the perfect amount. Give me what I need today so that I might pursue you and your kingdom and your revealed will today. And again, if we're honest with ourselves, we have no idea what it is like to pray for daily bread. We have so much by historical standards. We have so much by global standards today that there is not even one among us who worries about tomorrow's bread in the same way that Jesus' hearers did in the first century. So the question for us this morning is, well, how are we supposed to apply this petition to ourselves? If we don't know what daily bread is because we have enough for tomorrow, for the next week, for the next five months, for the next decade, how should we be praying for the Lord's provision? It's a great question. I'm glad you asked it this morning. In your bulletin, you'll find this great quote by some guy named John Piper. And you'll find in this quote, he talks about this thing that what he calls wartime effectiveness. And and you can read it this week. I just want to draw your attention to the first paragraph where he says that in wartime, You might not change the tires on your car because the front line needs rubber for the Jeeps. But you might also need to to build a 50 million B-52 bomber to deliver the knockout blow to the enemy that ends the war. Okay. Now, I realize, I recognize that Piper's illustration here needs some important qualifications, but the point is exactly right. When I pray the fourth petition, give us this day our daily bread, I am praying that God would give all believers, my brothers, my sisters, me, all of us, that God would give all believers exactly what we need today to maximize our pursuit of God, his glory, his kingdom, and his revealed will.
And this is where it gets hard for us. This is where it gets hard for us to pray this because we need to recognize that not all of us need the same amount of bread to advance the kingdom of God. Some of us are weak. Some of us are feeble. Some of us are immature. And if God gives us more than one slice of bread a day, we will fall into sin and spend that slice of uh, the, the extra and all kinds of wrong things. And so God only gives us one slice of bread a day, and that's it. And we need to be thankful for that one slice of bread. We need to be thankful that God gives us exactly the right amount of daily bread for us. And that takes humility to recognize that I am weak, that I am immature, and that I cannot handle more than one slice of bread a day. If I have one more slice of bread a day, I will be tempted to fall into sin. Okay, so the, the, that, 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 that describes some of us, but there are others of us who can, who can manage one, not, not simply 100 slices of bread, we can handle 100 loaves of bread because we use all of the extra loaves of bread for the advance of the kingdom, the glory of God, and the pursuit of the revealed will of God. We pray those of us who are able, to, to those of us who receive the hundred loaves of bread, those of us who can handle the hundred loaves of bread for the advance of the kingdom, we pray that God will give us the humility to recognize the needs of others so that we will always be focused on the needs of others. And so we pray that God indeed would give us our daily bread, our daily bread, which is a super abundance of bread, so that we might serve for the advancement of the kingdom. And so all of us, each and every one of us, we pray that God will give us the perfect amount, the amount that we need we, we, we don't look at others and say, well, why does he get or she get more bread than I do? We pray that God will give each of us the perfect amount of bread and the humility to recognize that we cannot handle more than he gives us and that we cannot live with less than he gives us. God only and always gives us the perfect amount exactly what we need. And that means that some of us receive one slice of bread, and that means that some of us receive 100 loaves of bread. And whatever we receive, whether it's one slice or 100 loaves, we praise the name of our God because he has provided graciously out of his grace, he provides all that we need. There's a second point. Not only does Jesus direct us and challenge us to pray for our daily bread, he also tells us to pray for our daily bread. And the question is, well, what is bread? 
And there are, of course, various ways to answer that question. But here's the point I want to make. Bread is the fruit of our labor. I till the ground. I plant the seed. I water. I weed. And it's all God's grace. He's the one who provides the harvest. I take the grain that God provides and I mix it with my labor, which God provides, and I make bread. And here's the point. When we pray this petition, give us this day our daily bread, we are not asking God to send us bread from heaven. Now it's true, God has done that in the past. He provided manna for Israel in the wilderness, the the food of angels. And that's an extraordinary providence. But ordinarily, God provides us our daily bread as we toil and labor and work. Our daily bread is, in an important way, the fruit of our labor. Ordinarily, God provides bread as we labor. God gives to those who work, to those who work diligently, to those who work hard. As one famous 17th century bishop once said, we fully admit that God preserves and increases the gifts of grace in those who apply themselves to good works. Those who do good works are those who receive added grace from God. Or to put it more crassly and provocatively, God helps those who help themselves. I'll say it again. God helps those who help themselves. And I know that this needs to to be qualified. It needs to be explained because it's subject to all kinds of misinterpretation. But Reformed Christians, Calvinistic Christians, must never be ashamed of human responsibility. We're the people that rightly emphasize God's sovereignty. We're the people that rightly emphasize God's action, His initiative. And we... If we are true to Scripture, we are also the people that emphasize human responsibility, human action. God provides us our daily bread as we work and labor for his glory. And this should not surprise us in the least. I mean, think about this theologically. We are created in the image of God, which means that we we do things like God. We do all sorts of things that God himself does. We reflect God in all kinds of important ways. What does God do? He creates. He works. He works so hard that he rests on the seventh day. And what did God command Adam and Eve to do? To make things, to work. To create in creaturely ways. So important is our work to bread, our daily bread, that Paul says to the Thessalonians, 
We read it this morning. 2 Thessalonians 3, verses 8 and 10. We did not eat anyone's bread without paying for it, but with toil and labor we worked day and night that we might not be a, a burden to any of you. How was it that God provided daily bread to Paul? For Paul. With toil and labor day and night. And then he continues in verse 10, For even when we were with you, we would give you this command, If anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. The bread that we pray for is the bread uh, which is the fruit of our labor and not the bread that falls out of the heavens, that drops out of the sky. Christians are to be a people who are known for their hard work. We are industrious people. We labor, we sweat, we work day and night for our bread so that we might not be a burden to anyone. And this does not mean that we work for our salvation. This does not mean that we think we need to earn our salvation. This is all grace. This is part of the divine economy. So let me be as clear as clear can be to avoid all misunderstanding. And I suspect that there will still be some misunderstanding. Who gives me the ability to work? God. Who gives me the ability to farm the land? God. Who, who, who makes the land produce grain? God. Who gives me the know-how, the ability to make bread? Who gives me the strength to mix my labor with that which God provides, the raw materials, the raw grain? God. So who gets the glory from beginning to end? God. And how does God, ordinarily speaking, provide bread? Through my labor. Through my toil. Day and night, Paul says. We worked day and night. With toil and labor, we worked day and night so that we might not be a burden to anyone. God is not a God who merely appoints the ends. That is, he's not the God who simply provides bread. He is also the God who established the means to accomplish the end. That is to say that God equips me to make bread so that he might provide me with bread. And so it's all grace from beginning to end. It is only grace from beginning to end. Nothing but grace. Hence we pray, give us this day our daily bread. In this petition then, we pray that God would give us all things necessary to hallow his name, to pursue and advance his kingdom, and to obey his revealed will. 
We are not praying that God would provide for all kinds of extras. Though God often does provide extras, he provides a great abundance, far beyond our needs. But that's not what we pray for. We pray that God would give us all that we need to pursue the things mentioned in the first three petitions. And so at the beginning of each day, at the beginning of each day of the week, Monday morning, Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning, on the beginning, at the outset of every day, I pray, Lord, I need you this day. Grant me all that is necessary to make it through this day. I long to be more faithful to you today than I was yesterday, so give me what I need today. I want to be more fruitful in your kingdom today, so give me what I need to be more fruitful in your kingdom today. And should you give me more, Should you provide beyond my need? Should you open the heavens and shower me with bread for tomorrow and the next month and the next five years? Help me, O Lord, today and every day to seek first your kingdom and your righteousness. Use the fruit of my grace given labor to hallow your name, to advance your kingdom, to obey your revealed will. Bless my work, the fruit of my hands that I might have enough bread to share with others. Give me the strength to toil and labor night and day that I might not be a burden to anyone. Grant that my toil and my labor would be a blessing to all. Amen.